Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Health Chats Among Friends. My name is Deidre Kindred. I'm a nurse advocate, educator, and navigator. And tonight, I have the true pleasure and honor of having my friend back to talk about part two of stewardship of the mind. Last week, we talked about stewardship of wellness. So tonight, I'm going to have Dr. Veronica Seitz introduce herself again, and then we're going to go into our topic. Dr. Seitz? I am Dr. Seitz. Um, Many people call me Dr. V. My specialty is crisis response and also suicide prevention. So stewardship of the mind is something that I help people understand and appreciate. What does that mean in a continuum of care and wellness? Awesome. And so for those that missed last week's awesome chat. Let's just do a little bit of a recap on stewardship of wellness. So Dr. Veronica, Dr. V, do you want to start off, you know, just giving a little bit of the highlights of what we talked about? Absolutely. So stewardship of wellness is the concept of realizing that we have one life, mind, body, and soul to care for. We can either go through life um, navigating as reactive or we can plan, prepare, and perform towards results. So if we want to be well, stay well, we need to kind of know, what does that include? Does that include exercise, nutrition, um, mindfulness, downtime, self-care? Without these things, wellness can be compromised. So I help people to understand and appreciate what it is that we can empower, and we are empowered to do in the space of wellness and tonight's topic in the space of the stewardship of mind. And we have one mind and no one wants to lose it, but yet we are challenged by life circumstances. So how do we navigate mental wellness? Absolutely, absolutely. These are two wonderfully blended topics that we could actually have a whole series, but we are just, we split it up into part one and part two. So stewardship of the mind. Tell us a little bit about that. The stewardship of the mind is actually a biblical principle in that we have been given mind, body, and soul. And we have the opportunities to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That doesn't, it's not limited to positive affirmations and declarations. Those are good deposits into having a transformation from stinking thinking to optimum performing, optimum performance thinking. And, but the thing about it is, is when, when it comes to the topic of mental health for too long, that subject has had attached to it stigma, negativity, or something of compromise to what is actually an existing condition we all have. We all have mental health. The question is, how well are we doing mentally? And that has to do with stress, stress management, and navigating when we get the curveballs or our our normal is um, interrupted by adversities. So the stewardship of wellness has to do with how do I maintain the one mind I don't want to lose, but also it comes from a concept, which is kind of, it sounds a little odd, but you know, it's all from the neck up. It comes from a dental concept. Floss the ones you want to keep concerning teeth. Well, no one wants to lose their mind, but we've never really been trained up in the way to build resiliency and to become more 
proactive mm. in preparation. Not that we live in accordance to the fear of my, my daughter calls me the doom cookie. Don't be the doom cookie mom. Like I'm not the doom cookie, but here's the thing. We live in a world with challenges, suffering, adversities of all kinds. If I think through and plan and prepare for what I don't want to happen, then at least I have an idea of how I could navigate it in the event that something does happen. Right. Yeah. That is so key because lots of times people say, look at the glass half full instead of half empty, but you do need to look at both sides of what could happen so you can prepare for it because lots of times Life happens when we're making plans. That's what my minister said. And yes, we're making plans, but lots of times we got to think about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got to put that all in there. Unfortunately, we don't want to, but it is a necessary process because if you're making a plan, like say you're planning to go on a trip, right? So we make all these plans. So this is going to happen and I'm going to book this and I'm going to pack this. But what if you get to that destination and it rains? Yes. <laughs> you know, so just in case I'm going to pack an umbrella and I'm still going to have a great time, but I'm going to be prepared. Absolutely. And that I, I love that because that's actually the analogy I was going to use. Is, you know, it's no different than having an umbrella. And that, that is readiness, but it's also, you know, that, that protects us from the storm. It's Absolutely. not that you're not in it. It's that you're in it and not being impacted by, you know, what's coming at you like you would be if you had no umbrella. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. And it's just all about life. I mean, any, any plans, you know, the taboo thing that people don't want to talk about is end of life care planning. Yes. Mm -hmm. And is so hard to get people, but they want, some people are like, oh, I don't want to think about that. And I used to be one of them before my mother passed away. She was the one saying, okay, we need to plan. We need to plan. And I was the one out of the sisters and brothers, all of us. Oh, why are you talking about that? That's so depressing, but it's not because she was going home. She was wanting to prepare for her homecoming. And at the same time, it made our lives so much easier. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's an, it is an inevitable. Mm -hmm. The relationship has a lot to do with what perspective am I taking? Because, you know, the, the thing I tell people, you know, in, in the role that you have, Deidre, is that you know, as a nurse advocate, it's having those conversations that somebody doesn't necessarily want to have, but it's, it's inevitable. Life starts with an inhale and it ends with an exhale. And so what we do in between that inhale and exhale, the first one and the last one, it, it's, um, that is how we can prepare, but also it's in the preparedness that we're ready for something. Maybe we don't want it, and I think about it this way, you, you said it very well. You know, the toddler doesn't want their child, well, doesn't want their mom and dad to go when they leave on a date, but they have fun most of the time when they're, when they're away. That being said, um, that's kind of the way that we get as adults when, when our parents start to talk about end of life. You know, we, we do struggle within that relationship is, you know, let's not talk about that because I really don't want you to go. But the loving, 
and prepared thing that the parent is doing is saying, you know, I, I want this to be in place so that you don't, you don't have to encounter that the situation is going to be for, for the one that's home, going home. That's a homegoing celebration. Yeah. I mean, they're at the end of, there is no more pain and suffering, mm -hmm. but it is the survivor that experiences a separation and, and all that comes with that. The, parent or you know the loved one is actually trying to put things in place so that that transition is less difficult from a reactive standpoint by a readiness response and um, that is what stewardship of mind is it's like you know let's let's think about the, the the grade school they have fire drills for a reason you know fires that we hope they never happen in school but in the event that they do thank goodness that the kids know the exits they know where to file they know how to you know the protocol and they practice this in the event of an emergency love it love it love it love it so that's all about stewardship because stewardship is a responsibility and we owe it to ourselves to prepare yes you know it's so much easier to respond than to react react is a is a fight or flight type situation you're just everywhere right you're just all over the place and you really can't think clearly if you prepare ahead of time then when it hits it's like okay well okay well i got my umbrella it's raining so i have it instead of saying i don't have my umbrella what am i gonna do i'm gonna get wet i didn't prepare <laughs> Exactly. And, and reactive is exhausting. I mean, oh. reactive is a place. Now we have God given emotions and I'm so thankful for them, but to operate and draw from them in that moment is exhausting. Oh yes. If we have opportunity to plan and prepare in advance, the, the beautiful return on investment of that is less stress, less probability of impacting or compromising our own um, antibodies and wellness staying because the thing with stress is that the body sends signals and we often don't recognize what reactive survival living looks like mm -hmm. is at some point if we're not listening to our body yeah. headache nausea you know digestive problems and unable to sleep any number of things that the body is saying hello I need you to pay attention to me because if you don't I'm going to stop you and you're going to have to pay attention to me um, Isn't that true? And that's the thing is, you know, no one wants to be ill. So wellness is a choice. It is an intentionality and it is an investment to stewardship. I mean, that's that's what stewardship is. It's, it's depositing in the right places so that the return and um, withdrawal, withdrawing from what we've deposited, that actually is putting in, it's depositing into our health. And that's really what people, um, I would hope, I hope and pray that people want to maintain wellness. And that's what stewardship of mine is, is I, I want to give people skills, empower them to work from a place of victory, not just praying for victory. We can pray for it, but let's understand where we're operating is from victory. We have skills and tools and abilities. Sometimes we don't know, take that umbrella out and use it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That is some good stuff because it is all about taking care of our mind, therefore wellness. It just, it is all together. It's just amazing to me. I love it.
Yes. So what are some tips that you would give people who are just kind of hesitant to say, oh, I really don't want to talk about any subject. Yes. Just fill in the blank. So if somebody doesn't want to talk about a particular subject, I ask them, would you rather talk about it in advance and have a two-way conversation to brainstorm for solutions? Or would you like to be in the moment having a one-way conversation and nobody's giving you guidance at that moment? Because right. that's the thing is, you know, give person, give someone an opportunity to think about well, what, what can we have? Oh, no, no, I really don't want, I don't want to talk about the subject, but I really, it's less of a desire for me to arrive at that possibility and then have no input from a clear mind. So that's the thing is, opportunity, time, and space where we're clear in our thinking to brainstorm towards a result is much more beneficial than I'm going to just avoid it and I'm going to stick my head in the sand. And not only do I want to, but we're not talking about this. Right. That is so true. That's what anything, you know, while you were talking, I started thinking about, you know, how you used to watch um, TV shows or a movie and the lady's pregnant right and they are getting ready to she's her water breaks or whatever and it's time for the baby to come and everybody's like all frantic and everywhere they're running around what do i do what do i do i don't know what to do but if they would have practiced maybe okay well i'm gonna prep my bag i'm going to make sure the car has is full of gas or whatever it may it may be the plans you can implement to have in place and it's okay to have those plans in place whatever it may be having a baby talking about funeral planning or end of life care planning or whatever it may be storm we just had this really bad storm uh here in texas this couple weeks ago and a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, you know, but it's all about in planning for that and just in case. And it's okay if it doesn't happen, if the bad doesn't happen, but you are ready for it. Correct. And planning doesn't necessarily mean you have 100% foolproof no. the possibility, talking about the storm. Um, we planned and we prepared mm-hmm. in advance to have meals that would be cold weather friendly. We did not plan to not have heat or electricity to be able to warm up the meals or, or you know, prepare the meals. So what we did, you'd be, you've also got to prepare plan A, plan B. And I often, you know, just because of what I do, I always have a plan C because that pivot, I don't want it to be a pivot, you know, willy nilly, no results. I still know what the result is. The, re, the, the result that I desired was to stay warm, to stay fed and for us all to be safe. And that being the case, when we lost power, we weren't sure if it was a rolling blackout or if it was we lost power because of a grid that just went bad. Mm-hmm. It was a long period of time. So we were really excited when the power came back on, but we had already been talking about it in the, in the off time. Okay, we have pizzas, we have various things. And okay, pizza doesn't sound like a you know, life changer, but it is a game changer when that's a food that it's good, hot or cold. Yes, so it is. If, so we were prepared. If and when the power comes back on, we are turning that oven on, sticking the pizzas in and they will be cooked. Hopefully it stays on long enough to cook the pizza and it did. So 
we heated what really, you know, soup doesn't taste real good cold. So we heated what was good to heat while power was on. We saved the pizza till later. And thank goodness we planned for that space if it was a rolling blackout, because then we lost power for 24 hours. Oh, wow. And that was that was the pivot. It's we didn't, oh well, plan plan A didn't work. And so that's it. No, I we had a plan B. Mm -hmm. And so we just shifted what needed to happen. And so planning is yeah. a, it's a process that targets results. And that's the big thing is wellness, I pray would become all of our desired result. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we can take that wellness of the mind into a goal setting in certain categories. And so this is where I'm going. So with fitness, Mm -hmm. finances, spiritual, however, whatever category you want to fun, <laughs> whatever category you want to put in there, you can always implement plans A, B, and C yes. for any goal or any category you are planning, whether it be healthcare. And you're right. Lots of times when I say, well, my clients, it's no one and done answer because life happens. Yes. Things just happen in healthcare. Everything doesn't go smoothly. So we have a plan A, B, and C, just in case, because we're getting to the same destination. We're getting to the same goal. It just may, plan A may take us longer than plan B, or plan C may take longer than plan A. It just depends on what we can prepare for and plan. So when that comes, no one's like all frantic and just out of sorts and just stressed to the max. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and there is th those, all those areas that you talk about, they, they have a wellness level. I mean, you know, we either are, are financially fit or we're deficient. Um, we are physically fit or we're not. Um, we are, you know, career steady fit or we are not because, you know, all of those things, um, so I'm a, Zig, I'm a trainer for Zig Ziglar, and we look at what's called the wheel of life. We look at life, career, education, fitness, spiritual, financial, and then the personal. Am I growing as a person? And, yes. and this, is, this is the thing. Um, all growth comes in places that are uncomfortable. Mm, so when the uncomfortable that. happens, it's not the end all of things. It is okay. It's now getting very uncomfortable. That means growth needs to happen or growth will be stymied if I decide to curl up in the fetal position and go, I'm not dealing with this. You know, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I just, you know, go away, go away. Um, that's not a healthy approach to navigating whatever that life adversity is, job loss or, you know, a, a health crisis, a you know, a career, a career crisis, you know, not, not just the job loss, but a career crisis where suddenly, you know, we now have jobs that don't exist. All the restaurant workers that, you know, as a result of a pandemic are, you know, they don't need as much wait staff. They need, you know, personal shoppers at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. It's a pivot. It's just, you know, the, the need still exists to eat, to have income, to pay rent. We just need to approach things with the end goal in mind. And then goal is, is achievement and not survival. It's significance because we can all learn to survive, but 
when we move the needle from survival to stability, now I now things are starting to balance out. I can put a definition to what success is. I don't need to depend on it coming from the outside. It's like, okay, for me, is this success? Am I content? Am I, am, you know, my living um, not totally in stress, but there's good stress. It's called you stress. Um, the, am I growing in the stress? It's like, is it exciting and getting me motivated? It's kind of like you talked about the pregnant woman. Um, you know, she's stressed, but she's not negatively stressed. She's looking forward to that moment of birth because when that moment, that water breaks, it's like, oh, game on, here we go. <laughs> now I'm ready to push and I'm ready to labor and I'm ready to see this little child become an air breather. But let me tell you, that is stress, <laughs> but yes. it's good stress. So uncomfortable doesn't mean curl up into the fetal position and just ignore it. It means what an opportunity to grow forward from the adversity because adversity is an opportunity opportunity turned inside out depending on the perspective because it's not just the glass half full glass um, half empty you're a vessel and i love what you say you can't pour from an empty cup so mm -hmm. we need to deposit the right things in so that when life tips us over the right things come out Absolutely. And, and also, you know, what do you say when you have, <laughs> I'm going to come with this question, when you have several family members that are different levels of a mindset? That <laughs> Intensity, can we just call it what it is? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that question. So, um, one, not to be not to be um, light about it, but it's just like, okay, I, you do you, but can I just ask you a question? How's that going for you? Because I can't do you. I can do me. And what I see happening over here, I'm not going to condemn it. I'm not going to condone it. But if what you're advising that I do, is what works for you from my perspective, that's not working good. So I need to find what works for me. I appreciate your input. Thank you for depositing that. Don't be offended if I need to do something different. Because I, I am not that. you. I love that answer. I love that answer. That's great. Because it does, you know, lots of times in your field and my field, we deal with a lot of different personalities. <laughs> and um, I've had family members get into a full fledged argument because someone wasn't thinking the way they wanted them to think. So that response that you just gave was excellent. Excellent. I love it. I love it. So, um, let us um, talk about another story that you may have about, or another tip about um, stewardship of the mind. What is another tip that you would give to our listeners to? Okay. Um, I'm gonna bounce off of what the statement that you just made. And that is, um, I categorize things into three places, okay. opinions, facts, and truth. Now, for me, truth is foundational and it's on biblical principles because God is never changing. Um, now, understanding that not everybody holds that as a foundation, truth 
must hold a place in a person's life that it will trump facts. If it can't trump facts, then there might be a need to search for what is solid and stable and foundational that won't change to get you through. Because the thing is, um, we are two people having a conversation right now, Deidre. So we can have two different opinions. You add five more people, we're gonna have seven opinions. And uh, one of the things I talk about in the wellness, a stewardship of wellness is our mental real estate. You know, it only has so much bandwidth. And so I need to think about my mind as um, prime real estate. And that means I need to give a place of how am I going to consider opinions? Because if I have seven people in the room and when you have a dynamic of families coming together in a, especially in a health crisis or consulting for the loved one, mm -hmm. um, or you're gonna have a lot of opinions. Mm -hmm. And some of those opinions are gonna be based on factual experiences that they may have had. But that factual experience that those facts on their experience don't necessarily mean it's factual medically. It means to their circumstance, that was true. But now I need to step back and go, okay, you're giving me an opinion that this is what I should do based on what happened to you. Well, let's just say this, this facility has a five-star rating and it's excellent reviews. The facility that you were at had two stars and really bad reviews. So I, I need to consider that because it's not the source of where the opinion comes from. It's how am I going to make decisions? Because a decision, it's kind of like emotions, not the decision. Giving opinions a space of high priority or high, um, you know, I call it waterfront property on our mental real estate giving it such a big place on how I'm going to make decisions is not a lot different than reactive emotional thinking. Mm. Because now what I'm doing is I'm taking the opinions of so many and it's pulling me here and there. And, you know, I might have a tendency to be a people pleaser. And if I'm a people pleaser, I may appease this opinion in this conversation. And here comes aunt Judy and here's another opinion I've got to appease. And so now the wishy-washiness, mm. it doesn't take place in conversation with others. It's when I'm sitting alone and thinking about the decisions I'm needing to make for a loved one. And now the debate is happening in here because I've got too much noise going on. And so I just really like to simplify it, give consideration to how much value we place on the opinions of others. How do we estimate facts? And what truth can trump a fact if you need for that to happen? Because here's the thing, the, the concept of truth trumping facts, mm -hmm. it's a poker concept and I'm not a poker player, but I understand cards enough that, you know, you can have a winning hand, but you may have like a royal flush and you have a trump card. In other words, if it's that card and it goes down, it does not matter how great your winning hand was. The tables just turn and things go a completely different way. So um, truth, facts and opinions are something that I really encourage people to think about because they interfere with our mental real estate. And um, I don't want people squatting on my real estate. I really don't. 
<laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I love that. That is an excellent, excellent, excellent way to close. So truth, facts, and opinions. That's, you know, and I love what you said as we get ready to wrap up about some of those people that just feel like they can't make a decision because Aunt Judy said this and Uncle Max thinks that. And mm -hmm. so people need to categorize that to truth, fact, and opinions. And everybody has an opinion. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, it can get so sticky and the water's so muddy, but research and key is key. Truth is key. It trumps everything else. So stand firm in your decision-making. And again, I'll say it again, stand firm in your decision-making. And what everybody else thinks doesn't really matter. It what, what matters is what God thinks and what is going to happen with you, period. Everybody has something to say about everything. <laughs> oh, if you're not right, I don't know who is. You are absolutely right. Well, this has been amazing as usual. So um, Dr. V, would you tell people how to contact you when they want more information or to uh, learn more about you? Absolutely. I'm on Facebook as the Conflict Resolution Speaker. That is also my website, conflictresolutionspeaker.com is how to reach me. And my books are available on Amazon. And I just, you know, I just want to serve the community to equip and empower. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. You are amazingly awesome. And thank you everyone for listening again to Health Chats Among Friends, where we had part two tonight. If you missed part one, please go back and listen to that. It was amazing, Stewardship of Wellness. And tonight we wrapped up Stewardship of the Mind, both majorly important components in our love life. Again, my name is Deidre Kindred. I'm a nurse advocate, educator, and navigator. And this is Health Chats Among Friends. See you next time.